0: Welcome to another edition of my podcast called Risk Intelligence. And today I have Dr. David Kunick with me. And uh, David, Dr. David and I have known each other for about um, three years now, going on four. And I'm going to explain a very interesting story on how we met. It was a uh, early part of 2018, he was holding a seminar in Morristown. And the seminar was all about cannabis and how it started gaining momentum in New Jersey. And what he was doing was holding a seminar for anybody who wanted to come and kind of learn what the upcoming uh, segment or the sector was gonna be like in New Jersey. So, me being in the insurance industry, I wanted to learn more about it because I, I kind of wanted to get in the forefront of forefront of it from an insurance perspective. So I knew very, very little. So I went and and I listened, and then you know, I, I shook his hand and said thank you very much and at the end I, I left and about six months later he had another one and again after the the segment was over I I went up and I Introduced myself again. He recognized me. He said, you were here at the last one. I said, yes, I was. And I said, I have a question for you. And he said, sure. I said, this is the second one that you've held. And you're talking about the cannabis industry, but you're talking about accounting, legal, and investors. I said, where's your insurance? And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean insurance? And I said, your risk management. I was like, Everybody needs insurance, how are you gonna insure this? So he said, wow, I, I really didn't think about that. So the rest is history and here we are. And when we're together, we just don't talk about cannabis. So we talk about a lot of different things, business ventures, how to, what to do, networking, follow up, good practices, good business procedures. And we definitely learn from each other. And through that, um, we have gained a, a nice friendship and um, we keep in touch. And I'm very honored to have Dr. David Kunick here with me. Thank you, thank you for coming.
1: Uh, th- uh, thanks Karen, I appreciate it, thanks for having me. And yes, uh, that's when we were hold- hosting our cannabis industry awareness programs is when we first met. And um, for for the listeners here today, um, that was a program where we had a panel of cannabis professionals, business professionals, and every panelist had to be in the industry for at least five years or more. And all of us had experience in the cannabis sector outside the New York, New Jersey area. And it was a really great way to, to teach people, hey, it's coming here in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and this landscape's going to change dramatically. And here we are post COVID-19 pandemic, and what was deemed essential in over 25 states? Medical cannabis. And what was deemed in New Jersey? Medical cannabis as essential. So, I mean, to, to sit here to talk about that a few years ago, to see where it is now, I mean, this really shows where the industry's going overall.
0: Yeah, it just kind of went up that way so what i wanted to do is um is talk to you about your your business practices because with this pandemic a lot of people are making pivots and and changing on how they do business so what is um a unique way or what have you done with your clients uh due to this COVID pandemic
1: well one thing that we did was um being a medical guy by trade um we really want to just kind of, in a polite way, reach out to every one of our clients in a unique and humanistic way. So what we did was we actually wrote handwritten letters, no typing, no this like, hey, I'm going to order the letter online. No, we actually wrote handwritten letters to over 115 plus of our clients, and we wrote them a letter of positivity. And in that, we enclosed, we enclosed a poem. And we took a poem uh, called The Poem of Hope. We cut it out and we actually put it in every handwritten letter. On the back of each letter, we wrote letter of positivity. And we mailed it to all our clients uh, internationally and domestically. And there, it was, what was really inspiring was we had people reach out to us saying, hey, I read your letter and the poem to my children. We talked about what this meant at the kitchen table. And to hear your clients say, not only did did your message really mean a lot to us, but we wanted to share this as as a teaching moment for our children. I mean, that that was really cool and really unique. And it wasn't asking for business. It wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing about, Hey, we want money or Hey, this and that. It's just more of, we're thinking about you. We know the world's a crazy place at the moment. And we always view the world as uh, the glass is half full. We want to share some positivity with you and, you know, we got some really, really good feedback for that. And it, it, it really touched a lot of people's lives. And that's what we did. Some, something very different and unique to that.
0: And that is unique. And that might go hand in hand into what I notice is your, your tagline, your, your everyday saying that you, you say, whether it's in an email, it's a, a LinkedIn post, or it's a video. And that is always be
1: willing to achieve greatness. So how did you come up with that? Great question. Uh, So so the way that really came about is that uh, I've started numerous companies. I've been blessed to have also sold numerous companies, but I've also had a lot of rough times. Uh, it, It has been all bells and whistles. I mean, people talk about the cannabis sector. I got involved back in cannabis back in like 2009, almost 2010 when it wasn't cool to be in Canada, especially in the New Jersey, New York area. Um, And we had a lot of pushback. Um, And not every deal has worked out. Not every deal has been perfect. And you know, the one thing is that no matter what's going on in your life, we all have greatness within us. We all have the ability to achieve the greatness that we want to achieve. And we have a lot of negativity and there's always gonna be people around you saying, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you believe in yourself and you're willing to embrace it, you're willing to embrace the opportunities in front of you, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to achieve your greatness? And the question is, always be willing. Once again, always be willing to achieve your greatness because you can. If you're willing to achieve your greatness, you can and you will. And everyone has a different level of greatness that they want to achieve. You just gotta be willing to do it and that's how it kind of came about and when we're working with companies especially with uh securing capital working with uh, businesses that are going from maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and now they want to make a couple million dollars a year great let's help your company achieve its greatness really get you to that next level
0: very good and uh speaking of that coming from um Different industries. I mean, being in, in the medical field, uh, being a, a CEO of a, a company, and then now you're uh, in the cannabis space. So, what do you see? Is there any commonality? Like having those three industries, ha- how has that helped you be successful?
1: Great question. I think the most, uh, the best thing is having a medical background and being a medical professional uh, by trade. Really I take a, a medical approach towards business and I also take a very human aspect towards business. You know, um, when with our UCS advisors and investor relations, some of our investors say you find these needles in the haystack, how do you find them? And we say, it's all about looking in between the numbers. Not everything is black and white. Okay. You have to know the key little components here or there. Um, so we really utilizing a, a medical approach has really helped out a lot. Also, uh, early on in my career, uh, my first fiscal to every practice was a 160 square foot room, very small, very tiny. Then we did six expansions in three and a half years. And we went from me, myself, and I to almost 30 employees in less than two and a half years. And I hired every single person directly myself. Uh, when I take another company public, we end up having over 300 plus employees. I personally hired over 150 of those people. So being involved in the interview process, seeing how things work, and also really taking that human aspect where life is more than just black and white, show that human compassion. And mm-hmm. that goes a long way. And that's really has benefited me a lot. And now we've been able to take some of these strategies that we use. We teach other businesses how to do that. So.
0: And speaking of teaching other businesses to do that, that's kind of where you and I have good synergy because you may not know a lot about the insurance. I mean, you have a high level of knowledge, but mm-hmm. by us um, working together, I'm able to to kind of give you highlights and, and um, items to look for. So that when you're in front of your clients, you can kind of know what to look for and then see if there's a, uh, an open spot or a weak spot. And then that's when you would come back to me and, and we would kind of talk. So together, we're, we're kind of helping each other.
1: And, and let's talk about that, Karen, for a second, because you bring up a great point. People say, what's the difference between an advisor versus a consultant, okay? Mm-hmm. If you look at Webster's Dictionary, a consultant is hired to work on a specific problem retroactively, and that's it while an advisor works on a company's short-term and long-term goals while using a multi-disciplinary approach and having real-life experience. Okay? That's the, and there's a big difference, and why I bring this up is that when sometimes people hire us here at u Advisors, we actually talk about you know, their finances. We talk about how to protect their books. And, Karen, it was you who brought up a great, huge missing aspect in the CBD sector. Mm -hmm. When you said, Dr. David, hey, do your clients have uh, accounts receivable insurance for business to business? And I said, I never even heard of this. And it was you who showed that, hey, by the way, less than 10% of companies have this, whether it's CBD or regular companies. Mm -hmm. And then we started to find out, great, there are some of our clients that are just strictly B2B in the CBD sector, and they don't have that accounts receivable insurance. Right. which is something that you can offer. So when we talk about, hey, why do you hire Investor relations advisor? Because we're looking at every aspect to protecting your money, protecting your company. We're looking at advising you to, hey, be prepared if you know, COVID hit 19 is gonna affect your business maybe in a few months. You know, Be proactive and, and that's where it really worked out for good synergy because you took something that you, that you did of business insurance,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: found something that's lacking in the cannabis and hemp sector, it's like, okay, we can't do this for cannabis, but this can be done for CBD. Right. Great. Who needs help? And that's what it's all about. So,
0: And I learned that because of what you were posting on LinkedIn, You're. I mean, you post so much on LinkedIn, whether it's have a good day, motivational, uh, willing to be willing to achieve your greatness, uh, some networking, you're always connecting people. But the only way that I learn about what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you're doing at that moment is by keeping in touch with you and also engaging with you on LinkedIn. And that's kind of how it all came about because when I learned of this product, and I see your post out there. I'm like, all right, you know, this could be a missing link for Dr. David as he's talking to his clients who are maybe having trouble coming up with that capital or um, having a financial struggle. Maybe this could help him, this product could help him, and then he can close that deal because I found a product that can help him. And again, that's where it all comes together. And um, you, you couldn't and Karen, ask for a better.
1: Hey, Karen, it circles back to what you said before. Uh, you know, being a medical field, former CEO of a public trade company, having my, my current advisory company, my employees, where it circles back because at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a macro manager. I'm not a micromanager. I am a macro manager. People uh, sometimes laugh at us because we outsource a lot of stuff. And we say we, the reason why we outsource is that. We want to add more key people into our war chest. We want to add more key people like yourself, Karen, who say, mm-hmm. okay, great. Yes, I know you do business insurance, but you also do life insurance. Mm-hmm. And you also do um, health insurance as well, too. And, and one thing we, we tell our clients is, when's the last time you talked to your insurance broker? They go, uh, we talk once a year. Why? I go, why only once a year? You know, your insurance broker should be helping you to make sure you look at every aspect of your business, to make sure – that every key aspect is protected for you and for your employees and for your future. And if you have a good relationship with your insurance broker, you know, then you're gonna start really learning about other opportunities. And then let's also go back to networking care. You know, when people say, Oh, I don't know anyone that I can reach out to and talk to, I go, what about your lawyer? What about your accountant? What about your insurance broker? You know, everyone you write a check to every month for a bill is someone you can reach out to and be part of your network. And people go, oh, my God, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, if you write them a check every month for money, trust me, you can add them to to, to your networking uh, arsenal.
0: True, true. So with with this, this is like really good information. Um, If you had to give somebody a a piece of advice, uh, somebody who's starting a business, all right, and you had to give them advice on – what to do in the first three years of their business in order to see success. What would that be?
1: Um, First thing, the old school, two ears, one mouth. Use them proportionally. If you're starting out and you've never been a business owner before, if you're you're starting out and you're a first time entrepreneur, two ears, one mouth, use them proportionally because you're gonna learn a lot. I was very blessed, I had a few mentors uh, that were 10 to 15 years my senior, and I did a lot of listening. Uh, The second thing is, is that, what is your exit strategy for your business? And this is one of the biggest mistakes we see people all the time, where you're starting a company, where do you wanna go with the company? What's your one-year goal, three-year goal, five-year goal, 10-year goal? Do you wanna build the company, get acquired? Are you looking to build the company uh, so you could sell it in a few years? Are you looking to build the company, then leave it for your kids or your other family members? Like, what is your goal? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that goal, we tell people the following failure to plan is planning to fail. And people say, well, it's so tough to figure out in the first year what I want to do. And I go, well, no, not really, because listen, like a business owner, there are a lot of business owners who just say, I don't want to work for someone else. I just want to work for myself. And I want my business to be around for the next 15 to 20 years. I want to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, and my business not saying I'm happy. And there's nothing wrong with that because they have a plan. But if you don't have a plan, you don't know which way you're going to go. And I'd probably say that the third thing is, is that for business is, when it comes to your key people, Do it right the first time. I mean that, I mean your insurance person, your lawyer, your your accountant, have those things set up, okay? Because those are people you're gonna rely on as you grow your company and as your company grows. And it's amazing how many people, especially when it comes to lawyers, and when it comes to insurance, how they're super cheap in the beginning. When it's no, like it's the exact opposite. And great story is this, uh, when I had my physical therapy clinics, I used to have four different lawyers on retainer, four. I had my business attorney, I had my real estate attorney, I had my employee attorney, and then I had a backup business attorney. And people said, why? And I'm like, well, one, by spending a small retainer every month, it for me, they were happy, but I also meant I could call them anytime I needed anything. And I also knew that if anything ever happened, I was protected and someone on speed dial that I could trust. Um, a lawyers kind of joke about this when I do meetings with them. It's like, oh, my God, we wish I had more clients with you. I'm like, well, the point of a lawyer is to help you and to protect you. So if I have a question, I'm not going to be going to legal Zoom and see what someone else thinks. I'm going to call you, and I'm going to get on the phone and talk. And the last piece of advice, and I'll let you ask the next question, and you already know this about me, Karen. If it takes more than three text messages or more than three emails, pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm the art of communication and the art of conversation is lost and you'll be amazed how much more business it's done how much more of your leads will close how many more networking opportunities and new business offers will come across your plate if you actually talk to people on the phone or if you actually meet them face to face and have a conversation because there's no tone of voice and there's no emotion. And there's no emotion in a text message, nor in an email. And you can get a lot more done in a five-minute conversation between you and I than doing twenty or thirty emails back and forth with one another.
0: True. True. Very good. Well, I, I want to say um, that was a lot of valuable, excellent uh, information, and I, I can't thank you enough for for joining me today. Um, I just wanted to see if you had any last words that you wanted
1: to share. I think the last thing I I would just like to tell people is it's okay to think outside the box. And why I say that is we're getting more clients between the ages of like 21 and 27 years old. And they're they're really getting the networking concept. They're They're also getting the entrepreneur bug more so than we saw, we see people in their 30s. And the reason I say that is that people are thinking outside the box and there's a lot of different opportunities out there. There are a lot of different options out there. So let's use two ears and one mouth. Let's think about that. So it's okay to think outside the box. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'd like to kind of leave with that. Mm
0: -hmm. Very good, very good. Well, Dr. David, thank you so very much for joining me. I really do appreciate you being here today.
1: And Karen, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you again soon. And hopefully we'll get on the softball field together. That's, yes, yes. For things most calm down. Definitely.
0: <laughs> Man, most definitely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast Risk Intelligence. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and connect on LinkedIn by doing a search on Karen Ball.